0: Hello, listeners. Welcome to Freelance Friday with Ve Casey, a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experience of a current full-time freelancer. And uh, today's episode is one from a series of interviews with members from Weld. Weld is a collaborative workspace. Uh, they have a location in Nashville, and there used to be a location in Dallas where I was a member at for four years, and uh, really helped me get my freelance um, business going and kind of get into that world. Um, During my time there, I learned a lot, and I made a lot of great relationships with some incredible creatives in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and so uh, I decided to reach out to a few of them um, to see if they would be interested in doing interviews, and graciously uh, and gratefully they accepted And so uh, these few episodes are going to be those interviews with them. And so uh, today I'm going to be interviewing Nicolette Mollet. She is a fashion and senior portrait photographer. Uh, She's always been a big inspiration to me. Her work is very clean, very crisp, and very just... In, in a world of a lot of different types of work and different qualities of work, Nicolette's in my mind, has always been top of a game, upper echelon, and uh, she has some very insightful things to say, and I'm so thankful that she accepted and came on the show today. Nicolette, thanks so much. You're such an inspiration to me. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, thanks for being here. Today we have Nicolette. Hello? How do you pronounce your last name? Mollet. Mollet. I
1: mean, technically... I mean it's French, so it should be Mollet, but that's okay. not how we say it here in Texas. Okay, so. And it rhymes, so like, gotta say Mollet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so part of the reason I ask is because so first off, I've known Nicolette for eight years, something about some somewhere around uh, that. Yeah. Um, and for the longest time, I thought it was Mollet, Nicolette. Mollet, I mean, which is pretty standard in you know M O L M O L L. E T T, is that right? One T. One T. One T. Not yeah. two. But uh, one of our friends, I think Josh Darling, one time maybe or somebody like somebody mentioned, uh, oh, you know Nicolette Malay, and I was like, who? <laughs> I was like, I know a Nicolette, but not that. And they're yeah. like, yeah, you know, like, and they start describing. And I'm like, oh, I definitely know her, but I didn't know that was how you pronounce your last <laughs> name.
1: Yeah, a lot of people say it that way. Um, people have said mullet. I mean, it can be whatever. Call me whatever you want to call me.
0: That's dangerous territory. <laughs> so, um, Nicolette and I used to opposite a co-working space in Dallas. Weld, rest in peace, for uh, a couple mm-hmm. of years. And, uh, Nicolette, um, why don't you tell people what you do? Kind of okay. introduce yourself a little bit, because you know yourself better than
1: I do. Okay. Hopefully I can do this. So, my name is Nicolette Mallette. I am a freelance photographer. And... Um, I mainly shoot, so a lot of my aesthetic is fashion and beauty. Uh, should I look at you?
0: You can look wherever. It doesn't matter. Okay. You can back and forth. <laughs>
1: um, so I, it's very fashion and beauty based. Um, I'm very much, I love the studio. Um, on location is out of my comfort zone, so I would say a lot of my work is very studio based. Um, one of my main, I would say, portfolios is, Senior portraits, and so what I really enjoy doing is bringing that fashion and beauty vibe to the senior portrait business. And um, so far, it's been going really well for me. I've been doing that for 10 years um, since I was in high school, and I uh, also occasionally do a lot of commercial, occasionally, a lot. Um,
0: occasionally, do a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do a lot of senior portraits, but I occasionally do commercial work. Um, I recently started working with Mint Dentistry, and um, that's a very exciting. A lot of exciting things to come in the future. Really, for Cause Mint. I heard
0: working with them bites sometimes. What? So <laughs> I heard working with them really bites. No. Sorry, that was a terrible pun.
1: No, it's you know, awesome.
0: dentistry and teeth and biting and
1: Oh and, hey. Sorry. I missed it. I'm sorry. If you have Casey. to explain
0: it, it doesn't work <laughs> as well. Wah, wah, wah. No,
1: I get it. It's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah. Did I do a good job of
0: I oh, think you did good, yeah. Okay. So to, I'm interested, you said you're not super comfortable shooting on location. Yeah. What's up with that?
1: Um so studio is just kind of where it really started for me. So um, what inspired me to do photography was the show America's Next top model, Okay, um, back in the day. And a lot of it was very studio. And so my dad got me these awesome janky studio lights. And so I just kind of started playing around with that. And so I just started, um, developing that like aspect or yeah.
0: That's cool. Yeah. And so, so you just didn't ever really pursue the other side of stuff then or
1: Not as much. Okay. It wasn't it didn't interest me as much. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I still love on location. It's just studios my thing.
0: It's a little bit easier in some ways, too. It's it, it had its pros and cons, but whenever you have all of your gear in one location, yeah. And people come to you and you can just kind of leave stuff set up instead of having a schlep gear across town or wherever
1: and when you live in texas and it's super hot outside summer yeah
0: that's one reason that whenever i shoot a lot of time unless i'm in studio if i'm i I usually don't use lighting or or like anything like i just shoot natural light give me a camera go stand (laughs) over there do our thing yeah fix it in post
1: exactly oh that's my motto just, it's a <laughs> it's,
0: just terrible. its a very terrible but very real motto for a yeah. lot of people. My
1: professors would kill me if they heard me say that. <laughs> <My> <laughs> you, went, <laughs>
0: you went to Art Institute of Dallas, yes, right? Yes, I did. So tell me, about, I'm interested to hear about your time there because I've had very mixed feelings about about Art Institute of Dallas. Um, why
1: is, why, did you go?
0: No. Um, honestly, my opinion of it is not very, <laughs> it is not a really a solid foundation for it. It's pretty flimsy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so i when i really think about it i think my my experience with it is that there's maybe like a couple of people that i've come into contact with over the years and when i say come into contact with it would be like a guy at a coffee shop with an ipad and a camera that I look over and go, like, oh, you have a camera? Like, you shoot? And they're like, oh, yeah, I go to Art Institute. And so, like, that's (laughs) as far as, like, the coming into contact with Mm them. Get into conversation with them a little bit. And at some point, I remember one of the guys talking about, he said something about how, like, I forget exactly what it was, but I feel like part of his sentence was like, yeah, lighting's not really that important. It's really just mostly, like, framing and exposure or something like that. And I'm just going, what are they teaching you over there? <laughs> what in the world is happening? Like, what are you talking about? Like, lighting is, like, one of the most crucial things when it comes to photography. I
1: mean, that's all it is. That's what photography yeah. is.
0: So that was kind of, like, I had this, like, idea of—so of, um, oh, so also you'd have these people that come out of there, or like, full sailor places that have all this school experience— Mm-hmm. and knowledge, but don't mm-hmm. actually have, like, real-world experience. Yeah. And so they'd be on set and thinking they're, like, a big shot and know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there going, like, you're an idiot. The, that <laughs> What you're idiot. trying to do does not work for what we need to do on this shoot right now. And so there was this, like...
1: Too technical.
0: Yeah, it was just kind of this, like, okay, it's cool, it's great that they're teaching you all this stuff, mm-hmm. but, like, you don't have the experience, and so it's, like, you come out of school and you still have all this stuff to learn, mm-hmm. whereas I'm, like, I think I'd be better off to just, like, spend the money on gear... Learning stuff myself, and so that was yeah. kind of my like view of people from Art Institute. But all, <laughs> but honestly, it was always I was always kind of like like I saw your work, and I knew you went there, and so I was always kind of like, but she goes there, and her work's really good. So maybe <laughs> I don't know I, I can say that about 100%. everybody.
1: Um, here's my take on Art Institute. So loved my professors. Um, I, I mean, I had a really good experience. Uh, but here's the bottom line. You can't teach someone to be an artist. They are true. or they aren't. And so I think a lot of people go to the institute disappointed in themselves. And I remember a lot of people dropping out because it just was too much work. It, it, it required too much of them that they didn't have within them already. So um, I enjoyed it because I made some friendships, great friendships. Um relationships with my professors like i still talk to some of them um in fact one of them lives in my building and he has saved my butt before because um one time my pocket wizard wasn't working i was like "Ah, his name i I don't know if i should say his name um i was like i need your help and he was like come on down so uh, <laughs> he doesn't have a country accent um, we are in texas though so it's <laughs> i'm just feeling very country right now for some reason um But yeah, I mean, but at the same time, no one, I don't think one person has seen my diploma. So.
0: Nobody asks about it. No. Right? No. (laughs) So going back, like, knowing what you know now, Mm -hmm. having the experience that you have, when did you graduate from there?
1: 2013.
0: Okay, so it's been six years? Five years? Five years. Math is hard. I'm an
1: artist, so I can't do math.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What, uh, would you go back and go again? Or would you recommend other people go to school for this kind of thing?
1: Okay. Art Institute, don't kill me. I recommend going to school for a business degree. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like that's the stuff I learned the hard way. And, I mean, I have a bachelor's in photography from the Art Institute. But um, they did not focus enough, I feel like, on the business aspect of things. And... I mean, I took all kinds of classes like architecture, photography, sports photography, you know, stuff that I don't I've never used since I took that class. And so um, but like business, I've definitely learned just through experience. And yeah.
0: Okay, I uh, I've always kind of my my approach has always been with people whenever I'm talking about going to school. I've always the last few years I'm a college dropout. (laughs) <laughs> and I, uh, my approach has always been one of those. I'm one of those kind of people that's always like, ah, fuck school. Like, mm-hmm. nah, like, spend the money on gear. Don't spend it oh, on the education. <laughs> yeah, for what we do. Um, but having, like, I've been freelancing for five years. I think you've been doing it a bit longer than I have. It uh, sounds uh, since like. Since
1: my junior year.
0: So, uh, and you high said. School? Okay. So, it's, how long has that been?
1: <laughs> that was. 2009.
0: Okay. So nine years, 10 years, 10 years since your junior year. Mm. So yeah, like twice know. as long as me. That's anyway. Why, um,
1: it's all I, I've ever done. <laughs> my only job.
0: <laughs> I, I'll say that after five years, I definitely see a lot of value in the business classes like you mentioned and kind of wish that I had more of that side of a grasp on things because... I'm great at learning the creative side of things, and that's the stuff that I want to do all the time, but Mm. I really have to push myself to try to learn the other stuff on my own.
1: Like, um, I've listened to a lot of entrepreneurial podcasts, and um, they always say, you know, do the creative stuff in the morning, and then then do, like, the busy work, whatever. Um, And I feel like, for me, creative is easy for me, so I have to do the busy work first, like email and things like that because that's what takes up most of my brain power yeah um so yeah
0: all right uh let's see what else you said you do mostly senior stuff and you do some fashion stuff what what i mean you said you started doing some stuff in high school can you i guess tell me a little bit more i'm interested just the whole like progression of your freelance career okay like what's what it started like what's that (laughs) that like story arc has looked like.
1: Okay, I started. So I remember I started taking pictures of my friends for their Zanga profile. Throwback picture. to Zanga. What's they, up? If like anytime I say that now, no one's like, "Wait, Zanga? What? What's that?" It was uh, okay, the thing
0: before MySpace. Pre
1: MySpace.
0: <laughs> you should know what MySpace is, I think. And
1: if you don't, then wow.
0: We're old. Wow.
1: <laughs> um. So. Yeah, so then that's how my friends started knowing that that's what I was getting good at. And then um, I had one friend walk down the hallway and was like, Hey, my mom says she'll pay you for my senior pictures. And I was like, What? I can make money doing this? So I charged her $5 a photo. That's it. Uh, I've come a long way. Um, I think it, it just like that's just what I started doing. And then I started getting a lot of seniors, a lot of seniors. And um, it started to just become too much work. So then um, I started researching on how much you should charge for photography. And it's like, when you Google that, you get all kinds of, you know, dumb answers or whatever. So I just started. I went up to $10 a photo. And then I went up to $20. And then I went to, like, a session fee. And um, then I started going to the Art Institute. And... um, kind of like started getting advice from professors and but you know I think my advice for photographers just barely starting out I think it's good to experience that moment when you're that epiphany when you're like uh I need to change something because like I'm so busy I'm working so hard and (laughs) not making (laughs) enough money and what am I gonna do you know so um
0: that's a good problem to have, having too much work.
1: Yeah. And that that's when you know that it's time to transition or upgrade. Um, so, and you know, so many um, photographers will say, you got to start high, you got to start high. I, I feel like I learned that way best um, by just kind of coming to a stopping point and knowing I have to upgrade. Um, your question. Okay. So my progression. Um. Sorry if I'm saying I'm a lot.
0: Um, It's okay. <laughs> I do it, too. I probably say like so much.
1: So <laughs> Let's much. Let's try to stop that. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh. But it's like hard.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Okay. So. <laughs> and then. Yeah, I just. Well, during the Art Institute, I, I also started doing a lot of free work. So building my portfolio. Um. My fashion professor, who has now passed away, unfortunately, but um, he is the one that pushed me to go to a modeling agency and shoot with a model for the first time, which was scary for some reason. But, like, the model is also scared. Like, she was a a newbie, so we were, like, both, you know, doing a trade. And uh, I just kind of started, that's how I really started learning to love, to really love, like, the fashion part of it. Um, and really, like, honing in on that. And then I started charging for test shoots, so charging models for shoots. And, and it just kind of progressed. And then I, But through all this time, I always thought that senior portraits was going to be something I did temporarily, just for, like, meantime income. And it has now grown so much, and I love it so much now. It's, like, my main thing now. So.
0: Do you market that at all, or is it just kind of word of mouth, like I, comes to you from doing it? I don't or? even have to market it anymore. Okay,
1: that's it's like a it's an all year thing, and it's even over like right now. I am so overwhelmed because right now I don't have an assistant, and it's like senior season, <laughs> and so I have emails coming in all day every day, which is this is a this is bad. Like this is bad business um, to not be on top of my ish. By responding, but like right now, I'm just trying to take care of the seniors that I've done, and just trying to get their invites out and stuff because it's like they're about to graduate. So, yeah, I'm I'm still, you know, learning and upgrading, and so next year this time I definitely want to make sure I have someone that can take care of email and the backside of business.
0: So with, so then with that, do you? I mean, are you, do you raise prices then? Is that what you're like, like plan next year? Because like, you talked about like being so busy. Like do you do that? Or do you keep stuff where you're at and bring somebody on? Bringing somebody on allows you to continue? I think kinda...
1: that, yeah. So if I were to bring someone on right this second, it would I would lose time and money because I, I want to pay someone to help sit. Absolutely. I mean, they're it's sitting there answering thing. emails all day. They're not, that's like not fun. So, um. Like if I brought someone in now, it would I would spend time teaching them versus just doing it myself. Um, but at the beginning of this next year or next school year, I want to make sure that I find someone and we can kind of build that relationship so that when this time comes around, they already know what to do and stuff. So I don't think I – right now I think I'm at a good price point. But I think that um, – because like if I had someone now that n- knew what they were doing – it would bring in more money because they'd be bringing in, they would be answering those clients and those clients would be paying their deposit and it would, you know, it would be the, you know, turning Right. So.
0: Which is what you want a business to be doing. Yeah. It's hard to do that as a freelancer though. Yeah. Sometimes.
1: I'm doing the work of like 10 people right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> that
0: is a freelance life that a lot of people don't see. I don't, I feel like. Yeah. I think it's like, oh, it's cool. You get to, like, hang out at home all day and sit at coffee shops and kind of work whenever you want to. I mean, yeah. Like,
1: "Mm." Like, I work mostly in my PJs. It's nice. Which is great. It's great. But there's
0: still a lot to do. Yeah. You might be doing that for 10 or 12 hours a day sometimes. Exactly.
1: Wake up, work, go to bed. Wake up, work, go to bed.
0: (laughs) So what a – I mean, talking to new freelancers – uh, well, so first off, like, your your story and, and the path that, that you've kind of gone down, I feel like is very – is not quite the norm when it comes to freelancing, at least not for me personally in my experience. Because for me, I really kind of, like, jumped off into it and was like, I think I can do this. I think I can fly. Uh, and somehow it's worked out in whereas, like you've kind of – Found yourself in a bit more of a, a niche. Yeah. Um, I struggle to f- I struggle to do that, even though I, I, for the most part, market myself as doing high quality video production. Um, I still do a lot when it comes to different types of video production or different like photography. Um, and so, I think it's interesting you you kind of having that path first off. But I mean, I guess just with that perspective, like what. If you're talking to, like, a new freelancer or somebody, like, what, what do you think is important for them? Or what is the stuff that they need to be focused on or how they need to handle things?
1: Yeah. Well, let's say that um, you're someone in a full-time job and you want to start your own thing. Uh, we kind of don't know where to start, right? Um, I would say don't quit your job right away like other people say. Quit your job and do what you love. I think that you should have the job if you have, like, you have to pay rent and stuff like that. Um, But spend the extra time. I mean, because here's the thing: if you really love it, you're gonna spend the time, and you're gonna want to spend the time, and you're wanna gonna grow it. And um, just know that eventually it will become work. But at that point, when it's become work, maybe you're at a point where you can quit your job. Um, But I think that loving it. It sounds so cliche, but like loving it in the beginning, um, to where you have the energy to really work, sp- spend your extra hours on it. Uh, that's what becomes the glue that keeps you going after it's become work. Uh, so
0: I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I've been in a position recently where just it's easy to get discouraged sometimes. And, and to kind of lose sight of things, I feel like it, at least it has been for me sometimes. Um, and especially whenever things start to get busy uh, or there's just a lot of, I guess I should say when there's a lot of busy work to do that's not the, like, cool, fun, creative stuff. Mm-hmm. It always has been that, like, love of doing the fun, creative part, part of it that keeps me is the glue, like you said, that kind of, like, pulls me back in, mm-hmm. that keeps me going on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so did I answer your question fully? Yeah, I mean fully? there's not really like
0: a right or wrong answer. This is what's your this is your opinions and your experience. True. So it's your thoughts.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what um I don't know. So with as far as um pricing and stuff like that and and mm-hmm. contracts and the business side of things, mm-hmm. how do you handle that and how do you figure out where to land?
1: Okay. Pricing. Yes. Well, contracts. Um I've always kind of Ooh, I mean, I've learned a lot of things the hard way. Like I've said, um, there's been many times where I've had clients that never paid me back that owe me eight hundred to five grand, um, and that's been hard. But what I learned was that I did not have a contract in the beginning, and I did not speak clearly enough from the beginning, or I did not have them pay anything upfront in the beginning, so things that i've learned is making sure you get paid something ahead of time so that if you do the work you don't walk away feeling like you you know you're all you, you at least yeah
0: yeah it makes them have skin in the game too like it's not yeah, just like oh minute yeah
1: yeah um now i have an attorney that helps me write professional contracts and stuff um and he he's awesome he's like he, yeah uh, his name is Madri, um, P-L-L-C. He's awesome. He's good for creatives, and he's also a photographer himself.
0: Would he be okay with uh, putting out contact information?
1: Oh, I don't know. I can ask him. You can bleep it out.
0: We'll find out, and if it's acceptable, we'll have that in the show notes.
1: Okay. Sorry. Um, and then as far as pricing, what was the question?
0: How do you land on it? How do you figure out where you're going to land?
1: Oh, man. I would say before Weld, I was charging an amount, and it sounded like a lot, but when you are a freelance photographer or artist, um, there's a lot of expenses that go into the business, like um, gear, equipment, rent, um, insurance, you know, all the grown-up stuff, and so what I was charging was not I mean, I wasn't able to um, have an apartment or anything. I was still living at my parents' house. But I, it's, it seemed like a lot. So um, I, I just kind of, like, had to jump from, like, one price point to this huge price point. And it was very scary. Uh, and I would say that was, like, when I was at Weld, when I first started there, I had just started my new pricing. So, um, and, you know, a lot of clients fell off. But I realized that I had more time to devote towards marketing or um, just like really good with social media and bringing in those clients that were willing to come with me. And yeah, I had fewer clients, but less work.
0: Did you notice in that time, whenever you made that switch, a difference in the types of clients that you were getting?
1: Absolutely. So... Like right now, for example, I feel so guilty because I'm like s- taking longer than expected with with the turnaround time with like editing and and products and stuff. But what's so amazing is that every single one of my clients is awesome. Like they're all so forgiving, and they're all like it's well worth the wait. Versus, I mean, it's 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 a mentality. These people like it's a different, it's a whole different clientele. Which whereas before, they would try to haggle more, or um. I mean, I, I've, I've experienced all kinds of like crazy clients before, um, but yeah, it's, it's a whole different, a whole new experience when you charge a premium price, you get that kind of clientele that appreciates what they're paying for.
0: Right. And part of that, or I mean, the direct reason why is because they value it more. Yes. And the people that value the work more are willing to pay more. And so mm-hmm. the people that aren't willing to pay as much or they're trying to gouge you on price are the ones that don't value it. And so they're going to try to get more out of it. It's just a complete, like, it ends up being a train wreck, I feel like, a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. Anyway, continue. And
1: there are times, you know, I, I also offer payment plans or... Um, like things that make it easier for some people who who may not be able to afford it all at once but who do appreciate it too, though. So, um, yeah.
0: But a lot of that, I feel like with that, you figure that out from communication, right? Like you're talking to them and it's one of the things I talk about, I've talked about a lot on here is that like communication is very, very important whenever oh, yeah. you're dealing with clients. Mm-hmm. And in a situation like that, With with like maybe pricing isn't something that they can handle, but they want it, you know. But they can't pay. Maybe they can't pay for it all up front. Having communicated with them is like allowed you probably to be able to, yeah, work that out with them.
1: Yeah. So now I offer like consultations, um, like in person consultations for like an hour. They come and the senior's all excited and they get to see the whole studio and the changing room and where they do their makeup and. Um, I have this like little senior looks like a fashion magazine, but it's like for seniors and it shows like I kind of go through it and we talk about all the products and all the things that I offer and we talk about their style and um, like some ideas we could do. We talk about prom dresses or um, just kind of like ideas. And then um, I have found that this is an opportunity for me to completely get out all of the information so that they know exactly what they're getting. Uh, They're getting to know me. I'm getting to know them. And um, it's also an opportunity for me to sell. So like they're falling in love with the whole thing. And then I'm able to. Yeah,
0: it's a business. You have to sell them on (laughs) it. It's it's not.
1: It's scary. It it, was so scary at first. I started doing consultations at Weld. And but I mean they I mean the minute Weld was so cool I mean they walked in they're like wow
0: you walk in the door and you're like whoa what this yeah, place like, is cool the they're
1: like whoa um, <laughs> yeah that was fun but yeah
0: so I feel like for me and and probably a lot of freelancers I'm going to make a general statement that it's it's very tough at first to charge what you need to charge because like you mentioned it feels like it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But when you start taking into consideration all of the other costs that you have, Mm -hmm. you have to. I know for me that I I didn't charge enough the first year or two. And in the back of my mind, I knew what I needed to be charging. But I would come down on price to be able to get projects because I needed work. Mm -hmm. But a part of that was because I didn't fully understand why I needed to stick to my pricing as far as like having to pay bills. And then after like a year or two when I find myself – having to use like credit cards to pay for stuff Mm -hmm. or different things. And all of a sudden it's like, or having to pay tax deal with taxes and all this stuff. And all of a sudden it's like, that's why I charge more. That's why I have to like have a firm. Like this is the absolute minimum.
1: Yeah. Because you can't operate otherwise. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say if you don't know, if you don't even know where to start, just start with how much does my life cost? like, for living, like, how much do I pay a month for this or whatever, have your base price, and then add a little bit of extra for extra for going to the movies or whatever, and then you just kind of have your base, whatever your life costs, a month, and then say, I have to charge this much once a week or do, like, two shoots a week in order to make this amount every month, at least, so, that then that becomes your minimum price. So for me, that's my minimum, and then I have for seniors, for example, I offer four different packages or collections, I call them, um, and then the base one is that minimum. So like if I do, uh, even if I do, let's say I do two shoots in one month, I'm able to to survive because uh, sometimes you know you have those low seasons where. You know, it's not like it, you're not in as high of demand. You still have to pay rent. So, um, and then if someone decides to go for the higher one, you at least, uh, oh, oh, what was my train of thought?
0: You are set a little bit more. I feel like it's where you're going with that, that if, like, they that if they oh, at least go for the, oh. you got it? Yeah. Okay.
1: It's good to set a higher price, though. That way you can always negotiate, and then they feel like they're getting more for their money, but you still have your minimum.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I've talked to a couple, a few photographers before and, and and it's very common to offer three packages. And basically the way that works typically is with, with at least my understanding with three packages is that the goal is to get them to buy the second package, the middle tier package. And and if, and if, they like you said, the very least they go for the lower one, you've, like, hit your minimum. And then if they go for the top one, you're, like, you hit the jackpot.
1: Yeah, exactly. The way that mine work, um, the minimum. So the highest one has the most value, actually, because they're all discounted except for that minimum one. So if they get the minimum, I'm sure, to, I mean, I, I make sure I tell them, okay, but this is full price. Like, this is a la carte only. This is... Full price versus if you went step up, you at least get more for your money. I mean you're getting and I don't say that, I say this one has more value. Right. Yeah.
0: It's marketing business terms. And and a lot of people I feel like feel weird about talking about this stuff, but really it's a it's a business and you have to see it that way. You have to operate it that way, and you have to talk about it that way. And and sales is part of it and psychology and how you talk to people is, is part of it. And as long as you're actually adding real value, then I don't feel like there's a problem with talking about things that way because it's a way that you're actually able to communicate what you're doing versus trying to rope somebody into doing something.
1: Right. And I have something to say for the females. So, I mean, I'm not generalizing, but for me, I feel like I'm, when it comes to business side of things, I'm definitely more passive and it's very scary and it's hard to be like matter-of-factly. I'm I like oh you know you could take advantage of me you know. Um I've always struggled with that so hard until recently I just realized I got to make rent.
0: Same here actually. It's <laughs> not just girls. It's at least for I me mean, yeah. it's me too.
1: I mean yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's it, it's hard. It's it's hard in general. But um yeah, I just I've learned how to sell now just through experience and I've learned what loses clients and versus what gains them, and when you talk with confidence and you talk, you know, you're not talking softly. You talk like you know. So this is what it is. Take it or leave it. You know, um, that's definitely been a learning curve for me. I've I've finally overcome that
0: because it feels counterintuitive, right? Like you feel like that you have to back down in order to get it, but really if you stick to your guns, people see you as a legit, a, they see you as a legitimate business. Yeah. And, and like having that walk away power, like puts it back, puts the ball back in their court and Mm -hmm. leaves you being in control of things Mm -hmm. more, which is where if it's your business, you should be in, in control of it and and running that stuff and not Mm -hmm. somebody else. Um,
1: And it's, it's come to a point where it's like, you know, take it or leave it because I have other people wanting to get into the door now. So, it's also become for real, too. It's not just I'm, I do still feel like I'm putting, I'm pretend, like, I've always had to pretend I'm a different person, because I'm actually very introverted and um, shy, and so, like, I was like, okay, they're about to be here. I gotta be this person. Like, hi, how are you? Welcome in. You know, (laughs) just, like, pretending (laughs) to be this totally different person. Um, But now it's like, I faked it till I became it, a little bit. And so...
0: Do you find it that it start to be that it that after a while it becomes more enjoyable and, f- and like fun to do it versus yes. like nerve wracking?
1: Yes, now, seniors, I can just tell they're so excited to get started, and that fuels me. You know, so
0: and that's a, that's like ultimately the position you want to be in. Which something else I talk about on here a lot is like when looking for like win win situations,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and when you're in that, like it's great. Everybody's mm-hmm. freaking happy, mm-hmm. and like that's what you want.
1: Exactly, mm-hmm. what else do
0: you want to talk about? Mm. what do you think is important for freelancers to know?
1: Hmm. i just I just think putting in the extra time, having that work ethic, but I mean again, if you love it, you'll have the work ethic you it it will come to you um, i I would say I would suggest listening to podcasts from people who are experienced and learning things I mean you're learning things from people who have learned the hard way for 10 years of their life versus you learned it in that night that you listen to the podcast so I think definitely listening to podcasts um which is what I've done um you know watching listening to freelance other freelancers talk I would say I've learned a lot from that uh doing a lot of do a lot of free work build that portfolio, learn what your technique is and what makes your work yours. Um, because now now I have people say, oh, I can tell that was your work on that billboard because it's you. That's your what your work looks like and that's the best feeling because I'm finally there.
0: Um, all right. Uh, I don't know that I really have any other questions. All right. Not at this point. If I think of them, maybe we'll have you back into the time. Mm-hmm. I've not done any repeats on interviews yet. But there's a chance we may do that at some point. Um, last final words. And, and where can people find you online? Mm. Get in touch. Okay. Get senior portraits from you. I or other seniors. other things like photos for billboards, or, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, I have two websites, two different branches. Um, my senior one is www.seniorsbynicolette.com. And then my main website is www.nicolettemolette.com. And then pretty much all of my social media is based off of that. So Seniors by Nicolette or Nicolette Mallette.
0: Cool. We'll have links in the show notes at vacacy.com slash freelance Friday for all that stuff. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Nicolette.
1: Thank you for having me. It was super fun. See you all next time. Bye.
0: Freelance Friday is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a full-service video production company based in Dallas, Texas. Vacacy, big video production value, freelance agility and scale.